Our scripture for today comes from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, that I, will, I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation, your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Do good design in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Let us pray. Uh, Jesus, uh, just be with us, Lord. Uh, just hear us. Um, just come near to us, Lord, and give us what we need. Um, the words, the thoughts, the feelings, um, the healing, Jesus, from your hand uh, that we're waiting and trusting for. Uh, just have mercy on us, Lord. Amen. Good morning, Painted Door. Welcome. If you're new here, uh, my name is Morgan. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, first things first, uh, shout out to my wife, Tammy. It's her birthday today. What's up, girl? I love you more than the last sweet fruit held on the highest limb. Gross. Anyways, uh, so today is uh, the second Sunday of Eastertide. Eastertide being a church season a time from Easter Sunday up until Pentecost Sunday. Eastertide is a season coming out of Lent that is celebrating the resurrection of Christ um, when Lent was all so dark and cross-focused. Uh, it's a season of God's victory for us, God's life for us in our new, new humanity in God. It is a time of rejoicing in the finished work of Christ and the life of Christ. It is a time of focusing on the victorious rescue of Jesus Christ and the resurrecting spirit of Christ who has made his home within you and me. And it is a time for remembering the good things of the gospel after another year in this dust. So Christians, remember the good things. And I said... I say this as someone who's really only experienced oneself as like sort of always slumping or tripping or falling towards the melancholy and the darker sides of complicated. I don't really do well 
very well with like uplifting messages or slogans. Um, but that's okay, because the words that we use to speak and minister the truth of Christ to ourselves and to others are only words. It is actually the presence of Christ that ministers with a hidden language um, that our hearts know, but our mouths are always like trying, trying to catch up with it. Um, so when I say remember the good things, I mean... Don't just remember like the good doctrines that you like or your favorite Bible verses. I mean, remember your times with Christ, with his presence, in your story, and what he did for you. Like questions like, when did you meet him? What has he saved you from? What are your memories of Jesus? Who is Christ for you? Because, really, every day is a new memory with Jesus. And with each memory, faith grows. And faith grows into hope. And hope grows into love. So, remember the good things of Christ. Remember the good times with Christ. Um, you may have missed this last week, but last week we actually started a new sermon series. Uh, it was titled the It is titled "The Art of Receiving," which we will focus on the healing that is Christ and the healing Christ does for us, and how Christ heals us, and how we Christians can participate in receiving that healing. So I'm going to give a definition of healing that I, I think will suffice for everything that you will hear in regards to healing. And that definition is, healing in this life and in the next means conformity to Christ. Healing means conformity to Christ. So... I'm going to come back to that healing thing. Um, but there are a few thoughts I would like everyone to remember throughout this series. First, um, first, a little experience of Christ is everything promised from Christ. You really only need to grab the end of his robe, and you can be holding on to the end of that robe like some crazy beggar <laughs> God has given all of us different degrees of faith and different appointments for healing. But in this, there is this miraculous simplicity to all of your interactions with Jesus. He's with you. He is with you. He is with you. That is it. We will be talking about the sacraments and practices and the disciplines of the Christian life, but for whatever and however all of that gets communicated, do not let go of the miraculous simplicity of your relationship with Christ. Do not let it get lost. He is with you. So our whole theme of spiritual formation and healing, um, which a lot of this, this series will be about, has really sent me back to those messages of holiness I grew up with. And if I could summarize it, 
the message was, do you want to be closer to Jesus? <laughs> I hate that question. <laughs> I felt beat over the head with that question and everything involved with it. Or maybe you've heard, if you aren't growing in your relationship with God, you're slipping away. Oh man, <laughs> I, that stuff never sat right with me. I, I scratched my head for years, like wondering, like, what is getting more of Jesus in relation to having Jesus by faith? And just all those ideas of like sanctification and closeness or growing, it just felt like this sick game to me. I always felt uh, the frustration rise in my chest as I was listening and hearing, and it always ended with the thought like, man, I'm so screwed, I cannot do this. Um, but, so whatever you hear in this sermon series, really let no one um, take away from you that there is a life inside you that is not up to you. Um, and as we talk about the sacraments, practices, disciplines, it is important to remember that some of what we are talking about is simply already and always happening. And what is being asked of you is that you just stop ignoring or stop fighting or stop running and just participate with the divine life inside you. Things like worship or faith, repentance and prayer. And then some of what we're talking about is extrinsically purifying and offered to us freely. And these are things like the sacraments, the baptism, confession, the Lord's Supper. And some of what we'll be talking about are just tools to learn dependence on Christ. Things like solitude, study, fasting. And so when we talk about the sacraments, practices, disciplines, we are talking about the gifts and benefits of being in relationship with Christ. And let this be very, very, very clear. None of these are for relationship with Christ. You are alive in Christ by God's free choice for you. And we know this choice through the gift of faith. We are saved by faith, not works. Meaning God's choice for you is a choice of just complete unconditional love. You are a Christian because God's heart explodes when he looks at you. <laughs> and our call to intimacy and obedience in our relationship with Christ is not a transaction. It is just simply what relationship with God can only and ever be. God just keeps commanding, and he keeps giving what he commands, and he keeps rewarding what he gives. He just can't help himself. <laughs> All of creation was just made to bend towards God like flowers in the sun, because we are most true when we are most close to him. So, um, we began the series last week with baptism. And this week is confession in community. But first I want to step back a little bit. And there are two abstract categories in our thinking I feel like we should touch on to help us understand what is being said throughout this series. And those abstract categories being the presence of God and the healing of Christ. What does the presence of God and the healing of Christ have to do with our salvation? How have we already experienced presence and healing? How are we going to continue to experience presence and healing? How does the presence of God and healing of Christ interact with faith and repentance? 
And finally, how does faith and repentance coalesce with confession in community? So, presence and healing are two words Christians can often have baggage with, or really unrealistic expectations around, which is all unfortunate because presence and healing are all around us. We experience presence and healing all the time. And so what most of this sermon series will be about is the big idea of being healed by presence or presence for healing, which, like all things spiritual, comes in layers and it has limits in this life and it has different degrees of knowing and many stages of participation. So what is presence? Where does it come from? Or even a better question, what has this presence been through to get to us? So, let's begin with the eternal love of God made visible in the person and work of Christ. Because the Father loved us, Christ came to us. In our space, in our place, God took on flesh and all the dirt that comes with it. He was born, raised, learned, worked, and lived in the same world we live in today, surrounded by all the mess and all the pain we bring to creation. But in being surrounded by all the mess and pain, he was being made perfect, not for himself, but for his solidarity with us, for our ransom. And in his life lived, his healing presence was being prepared for us. So like in every single moment of his life on earth and every single humiliation experienced, he was stirring up in himself a medicine for all our wounds. And when he was perfectly suited for the dead and the half-dead and the all of us, he broke himself open. On the cross, because we were wounded in our natures and in our persons, he became wounded. Because we bleed, he bled. Because we die, he died. He died finished and complete, God for us and man for us. Once for all time, the very salvation of God. And from the cross, he took up resurrection. And in his resurrection, his healing presence, finished at the cross, was unleashed into all time and space. The scriptures tell us his resurrection was the first of many resurrections. In all of these things, he made himself the author and the perfecter of your salvation. So, the presence is finished, and Christ makes his first move. It is from the center of our souls, Christ makes his first move for healing through the gift of faith. The healing presence that comes to us is Christ's very own Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is love given. The Holy Spirit is promise given. The Holy Spirit is faith given. We have been received by God, so we now begin receiving from God, from the inside out. And faith means presence. I've said that a lot, quite a bit actually. Faith means presence, and presence means Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit is the presence of Christ. 
To have faith is to have Christ. Faith being a gift from the Holy Spirit. Faith means there is presence. And presence means there is faith. But what I have not explained is that faith is not presence. And presence is not faith. The Holy Spirit is the presence. And faith is his gift to us. Faith, it really is like a gift of spiritual rebirth within the human person. So faith, by God's presence, is a healing from Christ. And the healing of faith is a free gift of love, freely given. And faith is the beginning of a lifetime, an eternity of healing from Christ, freely given to us. So what kind of healing is faith? The theologians, a lot of the theologians, have often called faith an instrument for life in God. It is a healing, but it is a strange healing. Receiving the gift of faith is like being born with missing limbs and then one day waking up with all your limbs. They're just, they're all back. Uh, it, is, it is really that astonishing. Um, and it's that connected to the fallen human condition. The healing of faith is just a genuine spiritual resurrection of dead spaces within us. And before that, like the, the absence of God's presence in the human form is devastating to our natures. We live spiritually dead without God's presence, and we just continue on this downward spiral without the presence of God. Inwardly and outwardly, we are dissolving in God's judgment. And it's, faith is odd, because like in, a many, in many ways, like faith is human in the sense that it is sort of like having a missing body part restored, because having supernatural faculties is what God intended for humanity. We were made for spiritual unity, but our disobedience wounded our human nature. Having his presence dwelling within us was the blueprint, not just for us as individuals, but for the whole human community and for the earth we were given to take care of. Relationship with God is remarkably and simply human. Relationship with God is, is creaturely in like the best of all ways. All of creation was designed to flourish in the divine energy bestowed by the Holy Spirit. So, through faith, we return to this life with Christ, driven by the power of his Holy Spirit, suspended in the love of the Father. So, this presence of God for faith, it is, has both an individual energy and a community energy. In this gift of salvation, we each have a certain measure of faith appointed to us, meaning same presence, but our gift and healing of faith is unique. So, last week, uh, Pastor Mark preached on baptism, which corresponds to faith. Um... And now, <laughs> I know that Eastertide is a season of resurrection celebration, but our sermon series, sort of, the idea was sort of to follow the spiritual formation of a Christian from like point A to point B, C, D, and A, or whatever. Um, and so, so we, the next one in line is confession, which corresponds to repentance. And let me tell you, repentance is suffering. So back to suffering. 
Um, but there isn't less resurrection in repentance than there is in faith. They are, they're unique, and they all belong to the one heart of the one divine person for you. So again, repentance is suffering, but again, healing in this life and the next means conformity to Christ. It is healing for free, but it is not healing for whatever idea of freedom we might have in our heads. Healing in this life and the next means conformity to Christ. Conformity to both, both the glory of Christ and conformity to the sufferings of Christ. And the most common suffering in all of the Christian life is the suffering of repentance. Repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is like walking into a dimly lit room and thinking like, hey, the room looks pretty clean. Not bad. Not bad. And then a brighter light is turned on and there's blood all over the floor. And there's this crushing recollection that you've spent a lot of time in this room, drawing your own blood and the blood of others. The Holy Spirit's presence enters into our life, our story, our self, our sin, into our very souls by entering and making us home in the darkest little most twisted up corners of the self and turning a light on. And then repentance is just this process of like sorrowful reckoning with our sin and our woundedness. It is recognizing that our tools are broken and whatever we build will be broken. But Christians don't do repentance. We are repentant in accordance to the life of Christ within us. So like everything experiential in the Christian life, it comes and goes in various stages of maturity and immaturity, confidence and weakness. Sometimes repentance looks like a barely audible cry for help. Sometimes it looks like taking a fearless moral inventory of yourself and making amends to those you have wronged. But there is always a wounding in repentance, and it is a wounding to our flesh. Repentance is painful because it's just, it's hard to draw the line between like what Christ is keeping and what Christ is getting rid of, and we are not the judges of that. There's so much in us that Christ seems to just be leaving to decay and eventually putting to death, never to return. And Christ has something much, much better in for our bodies and our souls in the fullness of his own resurrected humanity. So in repentance, there is this grieving of us and of God. And that grieving is actually very, very confusing. When our faith is young and weak, we don't know how to grieve and hope together at all. One is always slipping away. Often we receive this grieving of the Holy Spirit with guilt and shame, imagining God is distant, imagining that God is reacting to you with disgust. Or imagining that God hates you, and that is a lie. When we do that, we forget the pain and sufferings of Christ 
When the Christian life is painful, it is an extension of the sufferings of Christ. So in repentance, forgiveness, and suffering, we breathe them together. And it belongs to this close, close intimacy we have with Jesus. However it looks, however it feels, repentance is a gift of God's healing grace. We join him in the suffering of repentance because we are alive with his resurrection life. Again, healing in this life means conformity to Christ. So, Christ's own sorrow towards sin and his suffering life under sin is extended to his church by way of repentance. The sorrow of Christ's life lived becomes the character of our repentance. This means that there is nothing in the Christian experience that is not first tasted by Christ. The burdens he endured as sinner in our place is the energy and character of our repentance. We are not just given experience with Jesus, we are also given Christ's very own experience. So that repentance feels the way Christ felt under the burden of our sin. So whatever sadness, hardship, or confusion we have in this repentant Christian life, you can receive all of it, all of it, as the person of Jesus next to you, close to you, with you, ever-present through his Holy Spirit. And these are deep, deep waters of grace where a Christian can be sorrowful but always rejoicing. Our repentance is one life with the body and blood of Jesus. So, on to confession. I had to talk about repentance before talking to confession. You just can't have one without the other. Um, So, confession. In the same way I spoke of faith having this individual energy and a community energy, likewise, repentance has this individual energy and a community energy. And repentance and confession are, they're different expressions, but they kind of come from the same suffering energy in God's presence. Repentance is more akin to like the inward process, a posture towards God, while confession is more of an outward posture in community. If repentance is the sinner handing over all that tangled mess to Jesus, confession is sharing the tangled mess with other Christians. Um, So by God's presence, we are given faith. By God's presence, we are given repentance. And in God's presence, we are called to come out of hiding with each other. And in confession, Christ is saying to us, I'm here. You are safe. Come on out. (laughs) And in this coming out, out of hiding, we experience growth in faith and freedom from sin through being connected and known by other Christians. And when sins are confessed to other Christians... To each other, there is this very mysterious movement of healing that occurs within our souls. In James we read, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
every Christian here is a priest. You stand in your time and in your place as a member of the body of Christ, a representative of his divine life, as Christ's very own hands and feet. And there is a light in each of you, and that light is the presence of Jesus Christ. And your priesthood that you have here is just inseparable from the life of faith. And this life of faith is the life of Christ who is within us. And we are a priesthood because Christ has transformed and is transforming our lives into his divine life through his indwelling Holy Spirit. As Christ's hands and feet, we are just ambassadors to each other and to the world for the whole Christ. And we become for each other the means by which God teaches us that he already knows us and he loves us just the way we are. The writer and pastor Frederick Beekner writes, To confess your sins to God is not to tell God anything God doesn't already know. Until you confess them, however, they are an abyss between you. And when you confess them, they become a bridge. So what is the value of confession to others? It's painful. They are invited to the cross with you. They are invited into a more and more needy relationship with Jesus. And unfortunately, I mean, we all hate to admit this, but our sin is already hurting the people in our lives, (laughs) even if we haven't told them about it. And the neediness, though, is so embarrassing. Um, But there is so much of Christ's love and power available there. We experience growth in faith and freedom from sin through being connected and known by other Christians. And when sins are confessed to each other, there is this mysterious movement of healing that occurs within the soul. (laughs) Are you sure confession needs another person? (laughs) Oh man, I argued with God about this one for like my entire life. I was like, Lord... I am repentant before you. I love you. I am myself. I am here. I am yours. You are mine. Why do I need anyone else? (laughs) Um, But repentance without confession uh, is just a burning in your heart. Um, Christ will not let you do it alone. We were made for connection. So ask yourself, who are you honest with? What are your real answers for your life? What are your lies? Do you speak truth, or do you only speak what your ego needs to hear? We are all in need of the healing of confession. It is a community activity. And we are called to live a life of confession together. The designs of Satan for our relationships, for this community, and every community of faith is unforgiveness. To keep us separate. 
to keep us wounded, to keep us looking inward, to not grow up in the freedom we have been given. So confess your sins to each other and say to each other, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. The healing of conscience and the renewal of mind available in confession and forgiveness is never one-sided. So you can just extend healing and receive healing in this way. It is ever available to you through faith and for faith. A life of confession is a life fighting the enemy of our souls, resisting the indwelling sin within us, growing up in the healing love of God. But this fight has nothing to do with raising the stakes or increasing shame or working for that track record. It has simply everything to do with surrendering to the abundance of God's love and life for you. And confession is a death of independence. It is the death of control. The control we think we can have by hiding. The control we think we can have in self-protection. The control we think we can have by making up another mask. It is letting Christ decide what you need and what is yours. And we all have secrets. We all have secrets. And Christ is leading us towards less and less secrets in the freedom of his love. Knowing the death of repentance and confession will feel like losing of self. It will feel sometimes like God is killing you, actually. Um, But it is not. It is God loving you, all of you, in the most committed, never-going-to-let-you-down love imaginable. So, in God... We are a community of saints at various stages of being convinced of God's love. So adore and be content with the amount of Christ you have experienced, because a little experience is everything promised. But by all means, desire to experience more of Christ. From these places, Christ's life of love begins welling up within you and pushing us into the service of others. This resurrection power is for the cause of love, not for holiness too good for everyone else, not a place separate from sinners, not a life above suffering. God's presence is your source of healing, and his healing in you will be love towards others, in the face of sin, in the face of suffering, in the face of death. It is my hope that both God's unconditional love in Christ is known and proclaimed in our community and that the joy and security of God's love leads you to a life of confession. We become for each other the means by which God teaches us that he already knows us and loves us just the way we are. So never, ever, ever forget the miraculous simplicity of relationship with Christ. He is with you, he is with you, he is with you. The Christian life is a presence to be loved and followed. A presence to be followed to your brother and sister in Christ. A presence to be followed to your neighbor. A presence to be followed to yourself. Do not be afraid, he is with you.
And the presence that we receive is flavored with all the everyday life lived by our Lord on this earth. The presence that we receive is filled with all the feels of our risen Lord. It is presence that carries with it the memory of every wound Christ received for us. It is presence marked with the same scars that Christ carries in his body. We are a community of saints at various stages of being convinced of God's love. Be content in the present moment. Every breath is grace, my friends. Lose yourself in Christ that is for you so that you can begin to notice the Christ that is in you. Understand his presence initiates and sustains every moment of grace. Every heartbeat of your faith is the heartbeat of Christ. So live your life in the power of the cross through the resurrection of Jesus. His victory won is now here, present with you. Your faith is resurrection power. But the faith is cruciform. The power is cruciform. It is cross-shaped. It is Christ in the dust-shaped. We are not just given experience in relationship with Jesus. We are also given Christ's very own experience. We join him in suffering because we are alive with his resurrection life. And in this resurrection life, just always set the cross before you. His cross has shown us for all time that God will not allow sin between us. There is nothing he cannot forgive. There is nothing he cannot heal. So speak Christ to yourself and to others all day and every day. All of this, the free and the costly, the gentle and the agony, the crucifixion, the resurrection, belong to the life of Jesus Christ, who is saving us by his life. The faith of the whole church is one life of Christ, moving in and around sinners, opening our mouths to awaken others to him, maturing us in him, healing us in him. Let us pray. Jesus, have mercy. Remember us. Draw near to us. Thank you for your life that is in us. Thank you for the healing that we have tasted. Fill us with hope and trust in your promises that you will never let us go, that you will never let us down. In your precious name, amen.